It's Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Hi, beautiful Grace. Hi, beautiful Eric. How are you? I'm I'm pretty good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm pretty excited about tonight's show. I mean, I, am too. I, I, can't, I can't believe this is episode 36. This is insane to me. I don't know where that time went, but we need to start thinking about like a... a a yearly celebration show at this point. Holy oh, mackerel. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have like celebrities on and stuff. Yeah. All right. We already have a celebrity on tonight. I know. For the second time. This is our first double feature, our do first double two-timer. So two -timer. that's exciting. You ready to get this started or you want to keep chit-chatting? I Let's get this started. I haven't heard your rhyme yet, though. Well, here it comes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Grace, on tonight's show, I get to chat with not one, but two amazing chicks. So let's get this party started on episode number 36. I'm Eric Idiot Runner Kosek. And I'm Grace Hot Pants Langheim. Eric is all business in the front of the pack, and I am all about the party in the back. That's right. Business up front and party in the back. Together, we are the Running Mullet. And we are going to talk about every aspect of running, the podium to the DNF and everything in between. If you are a runner, this show is for you. Now sit back, get out your foam roller and enjoy the party. All right, Grace, don't say a word. You're, you're, you're not a chick. You're a beautiful, strong, intelligent woman. And so what? is our so is our guest. But the chick thing was the only thing that fit like my it. so just bear with me, okay? These these rhymes. I like I, it. All right, good. I like it. Whew. All right, good. Passes the test. Good job. Yeah. All right. We are here. It's gonna be a good show. Get it's gonna it. be a good show. Absolutely. Here. Um, what's new? Did you have a good weekend? You did, didn't you say you're handing out bibs or I don't, I don't know what you said. Yeah, I yeah, it was yeah. a week ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah the uh, York Roadrunners Club Winter Series has early bib pickup a couple of days because we have over 500 runners registered. Um, so it kind of cuts down on the line. So I did some volunteering and then um, did some hiking with Jason on the Mason Dixon. I don't know. Yeah. It was a good weekend. Solid weekend. It was a good weekend. I was down and asked me how my weekend was. Hey, how was your weekend, Eric? My weekend was good. I was down in Hershey for Lauren's uh, state cross country meet, which was very exciting. How'd she do? She came in 40th out of, I don't even know, 190 or something, but she did that. <laughs> She's thrilled. She did, you know, she was ranked like 56th, I think. And, um, you know, seventh freshman, I think something like that. So yeah, very good. It's uh, it's intense down there. I, I was, I didn't run a single mile on Saturday, but I felt like I ran a hundred miler just because <laughs> I was like, gah, the whole time. How were you like? Like, gah. And then I was like, ooh. And then I was like, gah. So it was a whole thing. Yeah. But, um, we had some amazing friends, including our guest tonight, Marisa, come down and support um, Lauren, which was absolutely insane to me. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it was a good day. Lauren is on cloud nine still. She's very happy with how she did and she's already researching how to get stronger and you know what to do and this and that. So it's really fun for me. You know how much I love this sport yeah. and to see her just, uh, the intensity going up and up. Oh man, it's, uh, I, you know, as a, as a, as a father and a parent, you never like, Time flies, and you, if time flies, even when you're not a parent, like, like yeah. I can't wait to see what my kids do in the next couple of years. But it's like oh, I don't want to like wish this time away either. It's hard. Yeah, it's exciting. It's it all fun. the all the ah. It's just ah, ah. yeah, just, ah. yeah. So I, I we stayed with uh, a friend of ours, Katie McDonald, and. <clears throat> Her husband Jason wasn't was down at Remner River this weekend, but we stayed at their house and she she took me to all these good restaurants and like I I'm still full from the weekend, so it was really it was a good weekend. Yeah. Okay. So 
let's get tonight's show started. I mean, I think we are started. Let's get tonight's show started. I'm gonna let you intro Marisa. Oh, uh, quick, <laughs> quick, quick uh, content warning. We are gonna talk about uh, eating disorders. So I'm just gonna throw that out there. If that's a, a big trigger for you at this moment in time in your life, we're gonna we're gonna go there. We're going into yeah, some. That's really. That was a really professional statement you just made. I I, I appreciate you. you throwing that in there. I mean, it should be, I guess. Some things are, are a little more sensitive than others, and so maybe somebody's not ready to hear or talk about something like that. So good stuff. Yeah, um, Marisa has been on the show once already. Episode number, I don't know because I didn't look back, and I don't really care. Um, I think, what was, I don't even know what she was on for. Was it Eastern States? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. yes, we were talking oh. about Eastern States because we talked about uh, them giving her a special rope for the river crossing. That's right. Okay, I'm going to <laughs> go ahead and add her to our stage right now. Eee. Marisa, thanks for being here. Okay, don't say a word, Marisa. You're not allowed to yet. So, Marisa, intro. I would. I didn't know I was doing this. We need to talk, Grace. You can't throw me on the spot like this. But anyway. <laughs> Marisa, if you've ever run with Marisa, you she is the one person on the trail that does not stop smiling. She instantly makes you feel like she's your best friend, which is an amazing thing to do, especially in this day and age. She is one of the most caring individuals. And if she's not a caring individual, she at least makes it seem like she is. So she's a very good actor, maybe. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. She's she's an amazing individual. She's super sincere, which it comes through with every word she read, which every word she says or writes down on paper. And like I said, she's a phenomenal word artist. And with that, that's what I call her because she knows how to write like no other way, whether it's just a Facebook, silly Facebook post or something uh, more from the heart. It's she's she's an artist of words. So thank you for being on, Marisa. Thank you for that kind introduction, Eric. That was the over best the top. I do. <laughs> he did good. He did good. Right? He did great. That was awesome. Yeah. I'm very yeah. flattered. Thank you. <laughs> All true statements. I mean, Marisa and I are best friends. That's how that's how it works in my brain. So right. I oh, just, she well, might not know that. <laughs> she might not know that. But we were we're all we've been BF. Right there, Grace. So let's see it right there. For a while now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I met Marisa at, I think it was at Hills Creek Challenge. It was the first time I actually met you in person this past year. Um, so like nine months ago or whatever. And, you know, you were finishing that race when I showed up, I think. And you, I mean, you were like this, uh, I don't know, uh, firecracker that ran through the finish line and you were super happy and you had somewhere else to go, I think real quick. So you couldn't stay and hang around. Well, I, I used that race to train for Massanutten and it was actually Lee. I came in and I had time to do another lap and Lee was like, go, you have like do another lap. I don't know why you're stopping, do another lap. And I was like, no, I gotta get home. And he's like, no, you don't, you need to do another lap. And like literally that it's, it's, as soon as he said that, you know, I took off and I finished another lap. I don't know why I didn't think that in the first place that I could do it, but it is like, you know, I, that was in Wellsboro. It's a three hour drive for me. Yeah. So in order to get back here and be with my family and appreciate them for the rest of the weekend, I was kind of in a hurry to get home, but I'm very grateful that Lee pushed me to get that last lap done. <laughs> Well, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful that our paths crossed that day and, and we pretty much started chatting. You know, we knew each other through social media. I didn't know you were going to be at Massanutten, though. And I think that that was huge for me to see you guys down there. So, yeah, it, there wasn't too many people from our neck of the woods down there. So it's always nice to, it's a little weird when you go out. You know, I've been out west to other races and I was like, wait a minute, where's my people? And there's no, your people aren't coming up to to talk to you. And it's, I don't know, it's just different. Right. right. So, yeah. Good well, stuff. We, we appreciate you coming on the show and you had, uh, Marisa, you reached out to us and we always have the most amazing people come on this show, which is great because otherwise it would just be me and Eric. <laughs> and you had, you'd kind of sent over your story and it was like, dude, can you, can we share this with the world? Because you know, and I know, um, um, 
that it really helps to know that you're not alone with whatever challenge you're going through in life. So if there is a person out there who can articulate that challenge or share that challenge, that it might make somebody else out there feel a little less lonely. And that's what we're hoping to do today, I think, is is to give you a place to tell your story. And so we're going to hand it over to you. And um, maybe there's somebody out there who feels a little less lonely and, and um, or maybe somebody knows somebody. I, I don't know. We're going to do some good today. So <laughs> let me, let me pass it over to you, Marisa. Uh, Grace, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I did reach out to you uh, in an effort to share this story because of if I could affect just one person, if I can relate to any one person, if anybody can take anything away from this, conversation tonight, then the darkness of what I put myself through will have served a purpose. Cause right now in my head, it doesn't. Um, I don't, you guys all know that I, I love my quotes. I have collected them for years. I find meaning in them. I find motivation in them. But the one that I don't believe in is when people say, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, this nearly killed me and I did not come out a stronger human being because of it. And um, I, I'm going to get into the story now, but it's, it's, it's complex and it's complicated and it affects everybody a little differently. So um, it, it started when I was about 15. I was a highly competitive gymnast growing up. Um, and I was incredibly difficult on myself. So we're training. I mean, Grace, you were a gymnast, you know, uh, yeah. we train five nights a week, four hours a day. Uh, so I would get come home from a practice and, be incredibly disappointed in myself for how I performed. And I was built back then much like I am now. I was, I'm like a boulder. Like you put me in water and I sink, you know, I didn't have the grace and the the international lines that the judges wanted to see. And I was throwing these huge, incredible skills, but I wasn't landing any of them. So I wasn't getting the scores to help me advance through the levels. And that just kept wearing down in my head. Like I just kept coming home and, and being incredibly hard on myself. And I would essentially punish myself by, mm-hmm. it sounds ridiculous because I was 15, but I would go to bed without dinner. And that's, yeah. that's how innocently it had started. And I think for a lot of people, it can start that way. Um, and when you're that young and that impressionable, um, it can manifest and, and uh, snowball incredibly quickly. And it did. Um, So it did start to get out of hand. And I was young enough at the time um, where my parents intervened and they actually um, put me in the outpatient program, eating disorder program here at uh, Hershey, Hershey Medical Center. And I don't remember much. I I was racking my brain this morning to try and remember that um, the months I was there. And I don't remember much about it, except I was angry. You know, I didn't want to be there. I didn't know why I was there. you can see certain things from the inside, but the people that love you see a completely different person in front of them. And and I was stuck still inside of my head at the time. Um, so I, I wasn't there long, uh, but I, I didn't have the ability to check myself out yet. You know, I was still underage. Um, so from there, um, when you're when you're practicing that heavily and competing that often, and you're not taking the calories in, what's gonna happen? You start getting hurt. So I started getting injuries around the clock. Um, my hair started falling out. My hair would, I would be in the shower and my hair would just come out in clumps in my hands. And I would just stand there and cry and, and watch my adolescence, you know, essentially go down the drain. And it was, uh, the, thing, the thing about an eating disorder is, um, it's an addiction. You know exactly what you're doing to yourself. Um, it's it's essentially a confession of weakness. And you are making these decisions in your head. And you know they're wrong. You know, you're not that far gone that you don't know what, what you're doing to yourself. You know that every decision you're making is essentially bringing you closer to your grave. But you don't give a shit. Like, that's that's what an addicted mind does. It... Um, you put yourself in these situations that are incredibly harmful, but you're so ingrained on one thing that you can't, you can't see anything else. There's a lot of tunnel vision that happens. Um, 
but the way that an eating disorder is essentially different than any other addiction is that you can't just cut food out of your life altogether. Right. As much as, much as we would love to do that, um, it, it's impossible. You know, an alcoholic can very easily go through the rest of their life without walking in a liquor store or taking a sip of alcohol again. Now, I'm not saying that's not easy. I'm right. that must be the most incredibly difficult thing they've ever done in their life. And somebody addicted to narcotics can go the rest of their life without shooting up heroin. And somebody addicted to gambling can go the rest of their life without ever having to walk in a casino again. But you can't expect to just turn your head away from food and go on living. So yeah, Murray said, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, please. when I when I read your, your story, which we'll talk about in a little bit uh, that you wrote, um, that, that was the biggest eye opener for me. And it's cause mm -hmm. what you just said is kind of like, Oh, well, yeah, obviously. But when you think of it as an addiction and here's something you have to break free of, but that you need every day, you yeah. need it. And, and I don't know, for me, it was like, it was kind of like, crap, I never thought of it that way. Every single other addiction you're trying to e either reduce or completely right. get out of your life. And how do you do that with something where if you if you rid that of your life you're dead, right? You yeah. know, so that was that was a that's a very good point, and it's because I don't think it's easy to to look at it that way, but it is. I mean, it's nothing else is like that that I can think of. Right, and you're facing your addiction every single day, three times a day, day. at least. You know, it's every crazy. day. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's I think because of that also, and you. You touched on this lightly and of course we'll get into it but um i think because of that people on the peripheral like it's it's easy to um not notice it and then for the people really close to you then it's it's um a little easier to see it but it's it's something that you can't you you can't change that for someone else and that's really hard i mean we're we're taught for so long and us as athletes and everybody listening um, you're told all your life that to be healthy, there's this balance that exists between mind and body and this harmony that you're supposed to create and adhere to and, and uh, nurture this, this connection between mind and body. And the thing when you're that far into the black hole of an eating disorder, you, you don't want that connection. You, you have a mind and you have a body and they're not supposed to connect. You know, your mind mm -hmm. doesn't want you to have a body. And when you're starting down the path of rehabilitation, essentially, uh, or healing, um, you, you're forced to remember that, to recreate that harmony. And it's incredibly difficult um, because like you guys said, you have to face it every day for the rest of your life. And it doesn't matter how long ago this, you put yourself in this situation or how far you've come, you still face it every day. I mean, this, mm -hmm. you're never completely um, healed from an eating disorder because it's a nightmare you walk into every day. Now you can change your perspective of food, which is which is what I did. Um, but that doesn't mean that any you, you're not less anxious around food. And, and I am to this day, it's an incredibly awkward situation for me. And uh, now uh, if, if you don't mind, Marisa, and feel free to not answer any one of my questions that I ask. <laughs> but you now you're you're short. We yeah. if you see any picture of you, that's pretty easy to pick out. How tall are you? Um, I'm on my driver's license or like what I am right now. Sure. <laughs> sure. No, Whichever I'm, one you want to answer. I'm 4'10. And I, I honestly yeah. think gymnastics like compress my spine and yeah. But. So 410. And I think that's important because because um, you're already going to be smaller. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so do you and are, are you open to sharing what weight were you when you went in to the hospital? Uh, well, when I went in the first time, I don't remember as a teenager, yeah. I, I had to have been early like 90s, 91, 93. Yeah. Um, when I went in the second time as an adult, I, I was around the same uh, but I also, I was also diagnosed with both anorexia and bulimia. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people, um, the two kind of coincide. You might start here in anorexia and, and anorexia is this very 
hollow existence. It's it's a void. It's it's nothing. It's deprivation. And bulimia is the opposite of that. Bulimia is an attack on your body. It's it's everything all at once, and it's disgusting, and it's guilty, and it's shameful. And I co I, I was between the two when I went in as an adult. So I was about the ni early nineties when I was admitted both times, from what I remember. I haven't. I've tried to like look at my medical records, and I, I like kind of don't want to in the back of my head. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you were, you know, short already, right? Muscular, but you were very small. And what were those? You know, what what happened that your family was like? Okay, we need to intervene here because I think, I think it is easy to hide, um, to hide a lot of what's going on. Um, well, I was at 15. Um, I mean, my parents, they're, they're not athletes, but they're these amazing individuals that gave me everything that I needed. My childhood was, it could not, I could not have asked for a better upbringing. You know, my parents gave me everything that they didn't have, you know, and that's what you do as a parent. You want to make sure that your children are they just have all the values and the needs that you, they need to set set them up for success. And my parents did that for us. Um, so it was shocking, I think, just to see. It. For my mom, it was more of just watching me dwindle away. Well, I mean, I was built like I am now and my muscles mm -hmm. were eating themselves and, and watching my hair fall out. And um, I was starting to isolate. Um, mm -hmm. I did it worse as an adult, but as a teenager, I was incredibly withdrawn. Um, and I think that's what kind of pushed him over the edge when I, when I started getting injured, um, I hurt my back pretty badly. Uh, and that was the last straw for both my parents when they admitted me into Hershey. Um, when I went in, uh, I was living in San Diego. I was still active duty in the Marine Corps when I went as, as an adult. Um, and I admitted myself and, uh, it was terrifying, <laughs> uh, but at that point, it was more of the bulimia that was taking its course on me. And um, I could just feel my body attacking itself in every way. Um, so that was my decision to go in. But it was also my decision to rip myself out of there, you know, 32 days later uh, against medical advice. And mm. um, it it's hard in there. I was 26 and we ranged, it was a very small program, um, but we ranged all the way from 18 to early sixties. And there was a woman that was admitted the same day I was, I remember her very well. And she was in her early sixties and uh, we sat down for dinner the first day. And when you're inpatient, they ask you to eat all your meals together um, as a table family style. And we don't know the the other patients in there. We don't know what family style means. It had been yeah. years since I had sat down at a table with other people and put a fork in my mouth. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah. I remember watching this woman like not know what to do with her fork, knife and her fork. And uh, mm -hmm. I'll never forget that. And it's just ridiculous that we have to reteach ourselves these basic skills that we learned when we were four. I don't, when do you learn how to use a knife and a fork? I don't know. But yeah. we, it, it's just completely over our heads at that point, especially when you've been in and out of, um, in and out of this black hole on your own accord for so long. Uh, it's just hard to see the outside perspective. Um, and I'm totally going off on a tangent. I forget. the <laughs> <laughs> now, I appreciate the tangent. Um, I'll break it up so you have a little bit of a break. Uh, so my, in the, and the reason why I guess I feel, I don't want the audience to feel uncomfortable, <laughs> why I feel comfortable talking about some of these things. So my sister um, was also hospitalized. She was 14, 15, something like that. Um, and I won't go into details because that's her story to tell. Um, and my sister's 12 year, years older than me. So I was very young when all of it happened. Uh, but she is now 52 and still struggles. Um, diagnosed with both anorexia and bulimia, which I think a lot of people don't realize you can have both. You can have multiple um, eating disorders. And as a family member going through it, 
uh, you know, I, I don't remember eating as a family. We didn't eat as a family. And she was always either not hungry or it was always she's a picky eater. And we knew, you know, there was always a diagnosis, but it was never it was never it's never been gone. It's always just a part of something that she deals with all the time. So as a family member of someone who struggled their entire life with it, it's I don't know, your story was very um, close to everything that I grew up with. And, and I think the hardest thing is that you, you know, there's nothing that you can do to, to um, heal that other person. I like that you use the word heal. You can't heal the other person. And um, uh, this, this is a topic that I'm glad we are talking about because um, I don't know, like you said, maybe somebody will get something out of it. Now, as you were talking about going in um, the second time, I was thinking about what what fears did you have going in the second time and how did you overcome those fears? Well, I didn't overcome them. I mean, I, yeah. I like, my fear was was losing my freedom. And, and that's what yeah. you, I mean, you check in there and they take everything away from you, right. to your shoestrings and, and anything sharp off. Like it's, it's that, it is like that. And UCLA, the hospital I was at is, is world renowned for their eating disorder program, both the adolescent one and the adult one. Mm-hmm. Um, but y- you have to keep your door open. And after meals, you are escorted to the bathroom. And it's, it is right. a lot of um, uh, pouring your heart out into therapy that you're not ready for yet. And I, I was very condescending when I was there. They matched me up with um, a number of different psychotherapists that you do group therapy with and occupational therapy with. And I, I wanted nothing of it. And it's ridiculous because I put myself there. I signed the papers and walked in the doors. Um, and the Marine Corps paid for it. And I, I can't mm. over how much I, I wasted. I mean, there was just no regard for, for anything, not just regard for my own health, but regard for all the steps it took to get me there and all mm. the people that worked to, to, to say, yeah, she can go on leave for this long to check herself into this unit. Um, and I had no regard for it. And it's guilt that, that I still can't let go of, um, and it's not just that situation. There, there, there's uh, there's other things that weigh in on this this heaviness that you feel. Um, I mentioned earlier that you choose all of these things. Uh, every choice I made was one that I did in my own head, and I knew right from wrong. I was just deluded in my thinking, but I knew what I was doing was killing myself, and I did it anyway. And there's people that are born with neurological diseases that they can't. They didn't choose that when you're mm-hmm. diagnosed cancer. You didn't choose that. And here I was just wasting life away of my own choice because I wanted to be a size zero. And, you know, when I think about it now, I I can see how ridiculous that is. Um, and when you get so close to that edge and, and you're mm-hmm. about to pull yourself back over time, you gain this incredible gratitude for every sunrise and every mile. And um, that's why, like, I, I do think that some people are like, I can't like, why are you still smiling at mile 99? And that's why, you know, and I didn't want to forget to bring running into this like that is what saved me. But the, the gratitude and the joy that I have, it comes from such a dark place and this community deserves to know that um, because there could be other people that, that need to hear that and, and need to know that there's there's light there. Um, so let's hold on. Before you keep going, let's back up a little bit. We have, yeah. we have time and I, I want to know and other people want to know. So you checked yourself out of out of there on your own accord as an angry individual, basically, um, you know, nothing was fixed. Well, then what? Uh, things, things got really bad after that. Um, I was still active duty um, and I did deploy again. And actually the deployments were easier because you can't isolate as much. Um, mm-hmm. Isolation to an eating disorder is a Petri dish. Uh, things just fester and grow and rot there. Um, when you're living alone, it's really easy to not eat for three days in a row. 
You know, there's no mm-hmm. accountability. There's nobody there to say, hey, like you're being an idiot, you know, um, when you're living alone, it's okay to come home and the only thing in your fridge is a half eaten apple and a six pack of Corona. Like that's okay. That's that yeah. was my fridge for the majority of my life. Um, when you're living alone, it's really easy to come home from work and, you know, spend half your paycheck on groceries, take them home, eat them and throw them up. Like there's nobody there to say, what the hell are you doing? Um, Everything just grows when you're living alone. So deploying that first deployment after I checked myself out was actually um, incredibly beneficial to me. Uh, And then I got out of the Marine Corps and things just got, got even worse. Um, It was, my only responsibilities, this was way before I met Robert, um, way before my family. I was still living in California. Um, I was starting to run. Um, this was about the year 2014 when I, it, before it got really good, it got really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, 2014 was the year I started running pretty seriously and that's when started things started to take a turn. But in the years before that, um, the, they are dark enough that I, I, I choose not to remember them. Um, it was just so much, um, there's so much disgust and so much guilt in those years. And I was so self-absorbed and, um, you know, my responsibilities were go to work, pay my rent, and then find an old guy at the bar to buy me a glass of wine. Like that was my responsibility. And that was mm-hmm. the day out. And in between that, it was running and and not eating for days and then throwing up and that was that was it that was my life that was my daily schedule for a very long time um, and and when you say running um because you haven't this is not yet running community so right yeah. so you were running alone oh yeah yeah i did yeah. a lot of running alone yeah um san diego does have a great community but i hadn't i i didn't uh, invest in it yet i wasn't reaching yeah. out to anybody i still wanted to be alone I still feel very heavily um, consumed by by an eating disorder that I wanted. I wanted to run 20 miles through the city and then go home and eat a pizza and throw it up. Like, that's what I wanted to do. So I did it. Um, You know, and then to tie this into running and how it saved me. And I think we should get there because I don't want (laughs) to. Yeah, I still have more questions. You keep going. Um, I did start running seriously in 2014. And I, I realized how much I loved it very quickly. Um, and then it took some time to realize that in order to keep doing that and to, to find my potential, because I knew I was good at it too. Um, I had it built into me to be incredibly disciplined and incredibly hard on myself. Those are all things that come with growing up as an athlete, any, any, you know, anything you do. Right. Um, I just took them to the extreme and to the wrong levels of intensity. But uh, I I realized I got mad. I got really, really angry. And I realized that I didn't need to look at food. I didn't need to enjoy it. I just needed to use it. I needed to see it for its purpose. And that was to fuel me. And it happened very slowly. But over the course of time, I I would focus on that. And I would say, okay, if you want to run 17 miles tomorrow, you need to put the, and it wasn't data driven much. I don't, I'm not a data driven runner now. I don't, even when I'm running a hundred mile race, I don't consume a certain amount of calories throughout the course. I, I do what my body tells me because I spent over more than my life, not doing what my body was telling me. And now it deserves for me to do it. So it, it was honestly just, okay, you're going to have to eat a half peanut butter sandwich if you want to do. So it started very slowly. Um, but it, that's how it needed to be in order for me to see its purpose and, and to, um, continue running. I had to allow that to grow very slowly and it all happened in my own head and it all happened because I love to run. And now it's, it's, I run now to acknowledge that essentially it saved my life because there's no way my brain would have gotten there if I hadn't figured out that that was, I was so passionate about it. And if I hadn't followed that, my brain would have never gone there on its own. And it seems so simple. I know it sounds so simple, 
but it was the most complicated thing I, I ever had to do was to change my perspective and say, mm-hmm. you don't need to love food. You just need to use it. And that's, it's very much the way I view it now. I mean, to this day, you know, I have bad days and I have good days, but I still, I know the end reason is that I need to eat because I got trails literally a hundred feet out my front door that yeah. I want to tomorrow. And uh, so I'm going to eat, you know? Yeah. 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 You, you made like, obviously running was your, the treatment that worked for you. That's working for you, but you also allowed that to happen. I guess, I mean, somebody in your same, in the same situation as you were in could get into running to, to, uh, because they like running, but they might not make that connection that you made to fix the pro- help fix the problem. That's pretty crazy, really, when there's all these opportunities for, for help out there, um, checking yourself into something, you know, get whatever you need to do, yeah. but you made the, the connection on your own and it worked. Well, it was a process of elimination that, I mean, we tried, I mean, in the beginning, it was a we because my family was still heavily involved in, in thinking that they could change all this around. And instead of them helping me, I tore myself from them. And I don't know if, Grace, you experienced that, but I went to nothing of it. And I created this incredible rift between myself and my mother that I still haven't mended. And uh, we're trying. And I and I now that I am a mother, you know, I go to her and, and extend my gratitude daily. But um, it it was because of a process of elimination. I was hospitalized twice. I, they put, they sat me down in front of the director of the program. And I, I questioned his credentials because my head was that big and I was so far gone that I, I had no idea that just listen. I wasn't willing to listen to them. My, in my head, I was too stubborn to say, yeah. no, no, you've never been down this road. How, yeah. how dare you tell me what you think I need? And that's how yeah. it was. We, yeah, we, you become an expert at eating disorders. Like you, you become an expert at like managing this thing. Not, not a place uh, you want to be an expert in, but. Right, the- exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that people who suffer from it, it's, it's, you know, you, you um, get really, really good at uh, managing all of those pieces, which um, gosh, is such a scary road to go down our brains are so complex and all those chemicals that go along with it just don't make it any easier. You put those two together and it's just like, man, it's a shit storm. Good on you for making it out. And you now, um, now you run ultras. And so what I, I I do want to ask a couple of questions to connect it to running because I find this this part of it fascinating because our, you know, on the one hand, our sport is, can be very, um, you know, never miss a Monday and very um, kind of intense. And there is a big piece of it that has to be surrounded with food and has to be surrounded with quote unquote junk food. You know, if you try to fuel yourself in an entire hundred miler with nuts Carrot. and berries, nuts Carrot. and berries and carrots. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have a very painful hundred miler. So so, can you talk through some of the things that you've done um, to put yourself into a better mindset or to to help yourself along with eating the foods that your body needs to not only accom- accomplish ultra distance, but very difficult races like Eastern States 100. Um, It is, I do like the way healthy foods taste. I mean, you could put me in front of a plastic container of spinach and I could eat the whole thing with nothing on it, just like literally scooping it into my mouth. And I've done that before, but it's, um, it's all about balance. It's all about establishing, uh, getting your body to remember what its metabolism it needs to do because you, you lose that, you know, when you, when you suffered for more than half your life, that that's gone. Um, but it's completely about balance. And I, I don't overthink it. Um, mm. but I don't underthink it either. You know, you just have to stay on this, this consecutive course of, okay, you're going to wake up and it is, it is harder on the days where I can't 
run. Um, those days are few and far between. You know, I'm going to make time for it at any given moment of my day, whether that's at four in the morning or yeah, my lunch break or in between meetings, I, I sneak it in. But I don't do it out of guilt anymore, out of out of what my body I don't do it because I'm looking down right now at my muffin top. You know, I don't, I, I like that muffin top. I want it to stay there now yeah. I do it because I'm that in love with, with just one foot in front of the other. Like, it's just, my mind craves that, um, that connection with the ground. And I don't, I don't know if I can tie that into my balanced eating. I don't, I don't do it while I'm running. <laughs> I just, I eat, um, I eat to fuel and I don't overthink it. And I, that's the way that it has to be. And I, I cook healthy for my family. Um, there are days where, uh, you know, we go out to eat and I order a side of broccoli and that's my main dish or, but there's also days I go out and I get a steak and it could be after a race. It could be on a Sunday when I haven't done anything. It could be, you know, it, it's, it's all about, um, maintaining longevity now i have kids to raise and yeah, to me it sounds like you're pretty uh normal yeah. now i mean <laughs> no honestly though like right that's a good thing that's a great word to be yeah it, i don't uh i think I, it's just uh, i'm visible now i see i can see things from a different perspective um and that's that's made all the difference uh i also need to say and I don't I don't know if Robert knows it but he uh he definitely saved my life like we our first date our first date we we met in San Diego we were working together and uh we went out for tacos and I ate my sad little street taco with a fork and I didn't eat the tortilla like I was terrified I still had these rules in my head I couldn't eat fat mm -hmm. I couldn't eat carbs these yeah. ridiculous rules that I just made up out of nowhere like they just fell in my brain one day and they were still there. Um, and I sat there with him and I ate my street tacos with my little sad little, you know, spork. And uh, I went, I left work that day just in tears. I just thought, okay, well that's like, that's it. Like I'm, I'm an idiot. Like he's never going to show up again. Like that's it. I ruined it. Um, and there he was the next day, like in my office with his crooked little smile and his beautiful laugh. And um he brought me out without him even knowing that he did it. He brought me out of this place of isolation where I was on my way down that rabbit hole again. Um, and he didn't do it on purpose. He just did it with his presence and his companionship. Um, and then, and then once the girls came years later, uh, that just reinforced my purpose in life. Like you go, like I said earlier, you go from, your responsibility is to go to work, pay your rent, and have old guys buy you glasses of wine to, to raising a child. And that's that was monumental in um, snapping me back into reality, essentially. Uh, and, and now with this community that I am involved in, and I turn around and there's just, just faces that I know and, and hands of support. And I mean, at Eastern Space, I remember coming into one A station and, and Tess was there and Laura was there and, and Monica at the last A station just, just giving me everything I needed and just smiling and hugging me and rubbing my bloody back with Vaseline. And I can't <laughs> imagine, I can't, I don't deserve it. Like I still feel undeserving. I, I isolated myself for so long and now I'm surrounded mm -hmm. by more love, not just here in my house, but out on the trails than, than I feel worthy of. And it all, it all goes into how, how grateful I am every, every time I'm out there, it could be the worst race of my life, but I'm still coming through that finish line with a smile on my face because I woke up that morning, I put two foot, two feet on the ground yeah. and it was a time where I didn't want to do that. And mm -hmm. it, everything comes full circle. Um, and I just went off on a tail. I don't even remember the question you asked. <laughs> I will say, I want to speak up real quick, not to go off on a tangent on my own either. But when I first got into running myself, um, I started running to lose weight and only to lose weight. Not because mm -hmm. I, I didn't enjoy running. But, you know, 
it was back when I was a stay at home dad and I wanted, my goal at the time was to get rid of my little beer belly. And I wanted to get a six pack just as a goal, just as a silly goal. Right. And, and the reason I'm saying this is because I, I, I got to the point where I was counting calories and I was weighing myself every day and I was working out. I was healthy, healthy as anything, but it got it for me, it got to the point where I kind of had to slap my face, slap myself in the face and, and stop doing it because you can go down that dark hole. And I'm not saying it's the same dark hole you were in, but but you can easily go too far in, in that, um, that direction to where it's, it's not cool anymore. Like you just stop because I was, and I wasn't there. It was just for me, it was like, wait a minute, I've, I'm right where I needed to be. And now I'm done. So I literally got rid of the scale in my house and I stopped and I haven't really weighed myself since. Um, because weight doesn't matter for what I'm doing now. I found the love of trail running, ultra running, things like that. Um, but it was, I could tell I was at the point where it wasn't a challenge anymore. It was more of a, you know, not an addiction, but you know, I wonder if I can get rid of a half pound by tomorrow type thing. And we, this can we are extreme athletes. Like you don't just, we're not just running the turkey trot. Like we're out there doing, you know, three digit races, three digit mile races. And it's, um, when you are an all or nothing thinker, it's very easy to just go down that rabbit hole and want to keep going because it's yeah. all or it's nothing. You know, yeah. I see that. I see what you're saying, Eric. Like it's very easy to just keep going. Just keep yeah, going. I, don't I don't know if it's a personality, uh, a uh, competitive personality, or a I don't know what it is. But I I was there and it was like, okay, I'm I'm going to turn this into a game, and the game went too far, in my opinion. And I think you said something else that's revealing, Eric, and that's that you were a stay-at-home dad at the time. And I think that our sport, as great as the community is, it's also easy to, you know, show up at the race and and go home and to to not engage in the community. And and that's fine too. You know, I've, uh, there's just certainly nothing wrong with that necessarily. But it's really easy to stay isolated within our sport it, because it's. It is a team sport, but it can be a solo sport yeah. if you want it to be. And and that's where it, it gets a little dangerous um, when when you're not surrounded by that love. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, that's why we're we're having this show tonight is just, just to be aware that it is dangerous. And mm-hmm. it's not something that everybody sees every day as dangerous, but man, it sure can be dangerous. And so, Marisa, what words, you know, I'm going to ask kind of two questions, but let's take them one at a time and take your time with both of them. Um, But what words of advice do you have for other runners who may be out there um, working with either an eating disorder or disordered eating? um, And then as well, what thoughts do you have for their families? Um, I would say, uh, take a step back, you know, turn around, wake up and watch the sun come up one day. Um, There is more to life than just being in that black hole. And it it does feel consuming. Um, And you do feel lost, uh, but you want to feel lost. And you're not going to get anywhere until you want to see the the light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, it's there. You, I mean, you have to have faith, um, find the, th- like use your passions to, to remind you of, of the beauty of every day. Um, you can, all that guilt you're feeling, you can get out of it. You can, you can turn away from that shame. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's always going to be there, you know, but your character, um, your character is made up of, the decisions that that you make every day and uh you know you're not alone you know there's there's always that sun's gonna come up tomorrow regardless so you know (laughs) tomorrow's a new day yeah i think it's important uh, for everybody to realize that in a sense this is a running podcast and um, the three of us enjoy ultra running, but just running in general. Mm-hmm. 
everybody, um, a lot of people have smiles on their faces at races and we, we feel like we're one big family. At least I do. I, I love the trail running community. Um, but yeah, it's for me, I have to step back and, and remember that I don't know a lot, a lot of you behind that smile. All I know is seeing you at the race, giving you a hug. I you feel you, I call you my friend. You're my friend, but I don't know your past. I don't know what what you're struggling with, and it's important to to see people and know that everybody. I would say everybody has you know a issue, at least one issue, if not multiple, that um, brought them to where they're at today, um, and has running's made them stronger because of it. Right. Yeah, everybody's struggling with something. And I think I I think back to, you know, we, we have such a great running community, but for somebody out there, it's always their first race. And I think about the first time I did World's End 50K, I literally knew no one there. And a friend of mine was supposed to run with it, uh, run the race with me, and uh, she wasn't able to go at the last minute. So I was running an ultra by myself. Uh, not knowing anybody, which I had, I had done ultras by myself before, but it wasn't, you know, uh, three hours away. It was a really far uh, distance away. I didn't know those trails already. Every time I had done an ultra before I had scouted the trails and everything. Um, and it was scary. And I remember uh, I had a blast. Um, nobody really talked to me during the race, which is fine. Oh, no, no, I, I take that back. I'm mixing up two races. I did end up talking to a couple of people and they were absolutely amazing. And one of them was Jade Oaks. And um, she was just a lovely, lovely person. But afterwards, because Jade dropped out of the race to go take somebody to a hospital because that's how awesome she is. So, so that they had company. Yeah, not surprised at all. <laughs> I know, exactly. But afterwards, I didn't know anybody. And I remember just, I was like, I am determined to make friends out of this. So I sat at somebody's table. To this day, I don't remember who it was. I was like, hi, I don't know anybody here. Who are you? And then the poor guy, like, I think it was like his wife or his girlfriend at some point, like slowly snuck over. And I was like, hi, I'm just talking to this guy. Sorry. It's a lot of dudes. I can't help it. <laughs> and um but it's i think in as much as we want to um you know it is a, a big community and we all know each other for somebody it's their first time yeah and for that person it's people like you who are are going to smile at every runner um who are just so appreciated so um keep keep doing that thank you i will thank you guys yeah, yeah, you're thank you for coming on and giving us the your life story. I mean, that's not easy to do. And <clears throat> I think it will help somebody one way or another. I hope so. Anybody you reach out anytime, anybody that's listening and struggling and you know, needs an ear, needs needs a buddy, um, don't hesitate. Uh, yeah. And I will I'm gonna throw out there that you 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 wrote a um a story and, and yeah, I think you titled it an ode to running, right? I did, yeah. It's basically how you got to this point in your life and everything we talked about, but it's put into words. And um, I think in the next couple of weeks here, uh, we're going to, Grace is going to, to, in her beautiful angelic voice, put oh, that yeah. into uh, that story that you wrote into podcast form for anybody that wants to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And anybody that knows you or follows you on Facebook, and I, I kind of said this from the beginning, you you are very good with words putting on paper. So it's it's very well written and it it probably goes a little deeper even um, than we went tonight. So I would highly recommend those listening or those that do listen to this episode. Um, definitely check that out coming up in the near future. Yeah. yeah, and thank you in advance, Grace, for for wanting to take that on and, and putting into your chronicles. Um, it was it's a lot of my heart on that in that story, so I appreciate um, having it being voiced here in this in Running Mullet, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that will be coming up, and the the Mullet Chronicles, which is a what do you call that when it's like a 
It's a sub. What do you mean? A subgroup of, of subgroup the- of I, no. What do you call it when a TV show has another TV show that comes from it? Oh yeah. What are mm. those called? Uh, like Frasier. Yeah, and so, something. Spin-off. Spin-off. Thank you. Spin-off. It's a spinoff. <laughs> it was right there. It was so close. Is uh, so a spinoff podcast. It's not another podcast. It's this one, but it's the Mullet oh, no. Chronicles. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> So the a spin-off, the Mullet Chronicles, where I read race reports. The last one was um uh Nicole Werner's Eastern States 100. So I'm excited to have Marisa's come up soon. Um it's and then oh Nicole Werner, she's that's a hard she's one to follow though. <laughs> I love she's her. She's awesome. It, it's a great race report. So if you haven't had a chance, check that out. And I'll have more coming. Um, please submit your race reports to me. I only have a a couple of them um, queued up. So I personally I think this is a way of, of, of pushing me out of the limelight and not, take, take not so. <laughs> hold on, because here's what I, I know. This is better I, than intense. I'm, podcast. I'm joking with you. Cause I think it's phenomenal. Personally. I do. I yeah. really, it's, it's, it's a better idea than you and I starting this show in my, <laughs> but it'll, I promise it'll get better. Also, I need music. So if anybody yeah. can give me some some chill music for some nighttime stories, I appreciate it. Hmm. Interesting. I did want to uh, like because we hadn't. I knew we were going to have this intense episode, and I think it needed to happen. But we got to we got to bring it back. And I'm also going to throw in there. There were some great comments here. So if you didn't get a chance to see the live stream, the live stream is the way to go. Yeah. Um, watch us on YouTube for this episode if you are able. Yeah. But let's here's let me let me bring this around. Let me bring around before we talk about our weekends just to give you some happy, Eric. I just wanted to let you know I looked over on iTunes and I found some reviews for the running mullet and I thought I would share them with you to brighten your day a little bit. Wait, iTunes is was that like the Apple side of things? I'm yes, it's the Apple side of things. So people who have listened to this podcast everybody else understands how this works i'm going to explain it to eric so there are these things called podcasts we have one and people can people can rate it so they can give it i think five stars it does it Mm -hmm. does help us if people rate the podcast what they say what they say they can leave reviews and so one person said redhead gal 327 was that laura that's good. That's Laura. It might be Laura. I was actually thinking Angie. I don't know. Go for it. Okay. Five stars. Very relatable. Two exclamation points. Mm-hmm. Runners, young, old, fast, slow, new to running, or seasoned pros all can find something to enjoy in this podcast. The hosts clearly have a lot of fun and enjoy talking about running. I can't wait for more episodes. Wow. That's a good one. It's all very true. Yeah. I feel like somebody was forcing her to say that or something. <laughs> Possibly. That's, yeah, I don't know. So uh we need we need more reviews. So Wait, that's it. That's all you have. There's more. There's oh. more. I'm not gonna read all of them to you. Fair I'm enough. I'm gonna split it up. it up a little bit. And because I want to bring a smile to your face at the end of every episode, can, Eric. Can we find a can, not find? Can we start a third spinoff where it's just you reading our <laughs> reviews of this podcast? That is the third spinoff. Yes, that's a great idea. I love it. Oh, man, now that's good stuff. And I will say again, like it helps us if people leave those reviews and those stars. You can if it can only be one out of five. I'm cool with that. I'll get over it. But at least go no, out here. No, I won't. But go out of your way to to do that stuff because somehow, and Grace can explain it to me later. It it helps us grow as a podcast, and I think that I mean we just want to get more people. We're not looking to to grow to for advertisement or anything. It's just I don't know. I like people listening to us. Eric's got a big heart, and he's got to share it with everybody. Now, yeah. this week it's it's really big. But Marisa, what do you have happening this weekend? Oh man, what uh we don't have much going on this weekend. Um uh, ice skating. The girl started ice skating. Ooh, so 
I made the transition from gymnastics over to ice skating and mm-hmm. we're dabbling in a lot of things right now. We're six and seven. So we're at that age where we can kind of do that. Um, it's hard. There's a lot of falling. I did find these great little shorts that they can wear that are padded. So <laughs> literally like they have little pillows, like little ducks. It's very cute. I don't need that <laughs> at all. <laughs> So we have ice skating, and I think that's it. I don't know. I think that's it. Yeah, no problem. What do you have big coming up next? I guess we could talk about 2024, and you don't have to go into depth, but is there anything? uh, So I was actually just talking to Becky um, this weekend at the uh, cross-country meet. I'm running a winter 100-miler. I'm going to do the Devil Dog Ultra down in Virginia. Nice. So last, last season I did Visa the East in December and I actually loved it. I ran it as a, as a training run. I was at my mind. I was like, Hey, if you can finish this one, you're going to do really good at Eastern States. And that Eastern States was my a, a race for this past mm-hmm. year. Um, and it helped tremendously. Uh, they're hard winter races. hundred miles are hard because the night hours are so extensive. Um, yeah. and you, you can't predict the weather. Um, and I won't have my, I won't have Robert, so I'll go down. Just make sure that I'm, Ben's probably not going to show up. Last year, Ben was at Beast of the East, and I was like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> but um, yeah, as long as I pack my uh, drop bags pretty well, it should be set. Um, and then after that, I won a blacklist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Last year, I only triple crown, and then at, I was at I was at Black Forest volunteering. I paced or I. Mm-hmm. But, for a section and then I volunteered at the third aid station and you guys I had the freaking best time ever like I, I loved it but in the back of my head I was like why aren't you running this <laughs> so, so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna blacklist this year you're going through all of them again huh? yeah I am I mean that that's to me these are world-class trails and I, I don't have the opportunity to travel yet I don't have the money to travel yet so why not I love these trails and uh there, there, it's, it's opportunity. It's opportunity right here. So I'm going to well, do it. It's just opportunities for us to see you too. So that's, I'm, I'm happy. I'll see it all of them. I'm sure. No, I'm back not. on after you blacklist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or during the process or something, maybe. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? Eric, what are you doing this weekend? I, um, Saturday I am hunting because this is the heart of deer hunting right now. The rut is happening. Bucks are stupid. You don't care about that. But yes, I have had very limited time with cross country coaching and watching and stuff. So yeah, Saturday, I don't care what you say. I'm not running. I'm hunting. <laughs> it's good, good cross training. Cause if you get something, you gotta, you gotta yeah. haul it back. Thank you, Grace. Thank you. That is the Best thing you've ever said. And then Sunday, I am do- going with my family to the Tyadot and Trail Challenge, which is down in Waterville, PA, along Pine Creek. A phenomenal event. My daughters are running the 10K, oh. and I am doing the half marathon for fun. Um, so that should be a good time. I don't know what the weather's looking like, but it's always a good time. And uh, Tracy Kremer puts on a phenomenal event. There's, I believe there's like tons of amazing soups there at the end and things like that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Becky's going to watch and you know, friends are running it. That's my weekend. Hey Grace, what the heck are you doing this weekend? Oh, I am going to manifest this into reality because I like to challenge myself with hard things. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the hard thing is the thing that you just don't want to do. Right. So it's a mental challenge. And we have, I told you, we have the York Roadrunners Club Winter Series. I'm the race director for one of the races, the one in December. And uh, the first race out of the series is a road 10 miler. And that just sounds terrible. So I've never done it. I've volunteered for it. I have timed for it, but I've never run it before. And I probably should. I'd, I want to challenge myself. So I'm going to do a road 10 miler. I'm not much for road running, although I have a lot of respect for road runners. They are awesome, awesome people. Um, it's just not, it's outside of my comfort zone. So I am going to do a road 10 miler. Good. 
Good for you. Thank you. They are awesome people. And you know why? It's because we're all runners. It doesn't no, matter. I am a road runner and a trail runner. I'm just a runner. I, I'm, a, I'm a firm yeah. believer that if you do both, you will benefit in both ways. Like road make you stronger on trails and trails will make you stronger exactly. on road. Don't, don't, hate. don't hate on one or the other. Just do exactly. it. Stop your wine. Yeah. You know? So Grace, have yeah. fun out there. Enjoy it. Wear those cushy uh, hokas and just just have fun. I don't know. Yeah. Nah, that sounds fun. It'll be good. And then next, so next Monday, um, I'm doing something with this here. So Cut that, it off. And maybe we'll talk about, talk with some, maybe somebody from, I don't know. Maybe I somebody. think we should have. Are you going to do think, it live on the show? Are you going to yes. have to cut it? Really? Pretty much, yeah. 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 I think our guests, I think our guests should be like um, all a bunch of guys with the just amazing beards that are like know? crying as I do it. Yes. Yeah, like Clayton and yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard, I've heard of Clayton on. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever, it's gonna happen. So we'll figure out. Daryl Layman, have him on. His, his is manicured. That his, thing is conditioned. It's shaped. Yeah, his is nice. No, there's no barber. Maybe I'll have my daughter do it or something, but yeah. there's no barber. What's the worst that could happen, right? Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. Next Monday, 7.30. I go uh, next Monday, 7.30. I go from 42-year-old to a 15-year-old. <laughs> Watch it all go down. Thank you for being on the show, Marisa. You are Thank you awesome. Guys. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, we we really do appreciate it. And uh it's 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 hard to talk about some things, but this that's the beauty of this show, I think, is that we're hopefully able to do that. And we appreciate you choosing us to, to show share your story. Right. There's nowhere else I would have went. So thank you guys for allowing me to voice it tonight. Yep. We love you. We all love you. And uh, Grace, I, I don't know if it's a love thing. I, I like you, Grace. Hey, thanks. I like you too, Eric. <laughs> too much love in here. Let's cut it. All right. Have a good night, everybody. See you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.